You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. I got to go straight to the inbox, Shannon. Feedback at Sexy Please Marriage. Please do. Yeah, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. I discovered your radio show a couple months ago and have been eating it up pretty fast. I learn something new about myself every time I listen. It's like holding a mirror up to my soul. Thanks for all the great psychobabble conversation. Actually, it's not that at all. What you two have to say, I find relevant and helpful. Thank you. There you go. I'm glad he said holding a mirror, or he or she, holding a mirror up to their soul because my immediate image was the scene in Fried Green Tomatoes where they're holding a mirror up to their sexual organs. So, yeah, I'm glad that they're doing soul searching (laughs) as a result of our show. Oh, you gotta, you gotta love that movie. Yeah, that is, the, that the, is the a, Saran wrap. Meeting her husband at the door, wrapped in Saran wrap and nothing else, was that. That was a classic. That is a very good movie. So <laughs> this is not movie review radio, actually, though. This is sexy marriage radio, <laughs> where every week we have straightforward, honest, real conversations about what goes on in married sex and what doesn't go on in married sex, and. Anything and everything in between. So if we if you got something you want to add to the show, let us know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave us reviews, leave us comments, because one of the things we want to do is give opportunities for our listeners to let us know what's going on with them. Because that helps us set the stage for future shows, for getaways, for this uh, membership thing we've got coming. Um, there's all kinds of things that are they're in the works and you help make that happen. And part of what I'm doing right now, Shannon, is I'm creating a relationship bid for our listeners. <laughs> Great segue, to Corey. To see how they respond because where we're going today is this whole concept of how do you bid for things? How do you bid for relationships? And does that how does that happen in your relationship and in your marriage? Well, and let's talk about where the inspiration for this topic came from. Uh the the fortunate people who made you know went to great lengths to come to uh, the sexy marriage radio getaway we made a special facebook page for them just a private facebook page to stay in touch with one another and richard has been so awesome to post several things since we created that page and he posted today a phenomenal article on relational bids and Mm -hmm. i love the picture of the peacock kind of the whole idea of presenting something that you want your mate to be attracted to, but what happens when your mate doesn't pick up on the bid, Right, uh, that, that, that can be really devastating. Um, so yeah, let's dive into this. One of my first thoughts, Corey was, um, I know that we get a lot of email from both husbands and wives who are really exasperated and even use the word desperate mm-hmm. because their spouse just doesn't seem to understand or care how important or how urgent their desires for sexual intimacy with their partner really are. And they feel as if I'm at my wits end kind of a thing. And I was wondering, I thought, how much freedom do people actually feel to pursue their spouse sexually with a sexual bid when they're smaller ones, such as simply, will you help me with this? Or can you just send me a card once in a while or bring me flowers or just sit and talk to me on occasion and ask how I'm doing? Like when those smaller bids aren't picked up, how much confidence does that give that same spouse 
to really ask for something bigger like sex. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's set the stage first, though, with the whole concept of a bid, because this, this is from my research and, and training. This comes from John Gottman's work where yep. where we are constantly bidding for relationships and connections. And that's where we the most obvious are asking a question. You pass somebody in the hall. Hey, how's it going? That's a bid for a connection in that moment. Yes. Um, the others would be in a relationship like you're talking about in a marriage where, hey, will you help me with this? That's a bid for connection or help or support. Um, mm-hmm. So what happens and what he's discovered is these go on all the time in every relationship, in every aspect, in all kinds of facets of that relationship. We are making bids for relationship. Yes. It even could be I'm going to post something on Facebook. I'm making a bid for a relationship among all of my followers or other people, or I'm going to reply to somebody's Facebook, or I'm going to like it. Those are all overt bids, right? Right. And you've actually been going through this process yourself with your book cover image, which you need to give a quick plug for, by the way, <laughs> Tell, about this process that you've been going through with the cover. Well, with Naked Marriage is the book I'm, I'm publishing soon. Um, as we're recording this, I don't know the date of that yet. But it's it's been this whole idea of, you know, we, we constantly are looking for support, for feedback. Hey, right, I just finished up a, a poll or a voting over which one do you like most from a lot of my followers. And so it's all of these kinds of things. And I think what you have to recognize is what Gottman talked about is a lot of times in a marriage, these kinds of things are going on and they're either turned towards, turned against, or turned away from. That's kind of the three things he's discovered. Because the whole comment of how is your day could be blown right past, and you, t- you turn away from it. You just ignore it. Or you can turn towards it and, and engage in that kind of conversation. And so I think of this in two, from two prongs. Of One is how clear am I with my relationship bids? And two, how slowly do I recognize the other you know, how do I slow myself down to recognize Pam's relationship bids or my kids' relationship bids? Or because if I will see them, you'll see them going on a whole lot, actually. Right. You'll see the little connections in the bids for them all throughout your day. Yeah, I wanted to just read this little paragraph from the article. It says, spouses make small bids for love all the time. They could be as simple as asking, how does this look? Which is a clear bid for attention. Yep. Can you get me a drink, which is a bid for service, or what are you thinking about, which is a bid for connection? Yep. Yeah, in every relationship, you're right, Corey, whether it's kids, coworkers, friends, church members, whoever, there, there's bidding going on all the time. Yep. The other thought that came to my mind when I read this article is um, I remember the days when eBay was very new, and... Yeah, I mean, that was fascinating to be able to get online. I remember one year I ordered a a special Dallas Mavericks flask to put in Greg's stocking for Christmas. And, um, you know, just the bidding war that was going on. And Mm -hmm. I wound up, you know, paying a little bit more for it than I would have expected. But the whole concept of being, you're you're determined to not be outbid. I wonder if if we incorporated that same mentality in marriage. I will not let someone be more attentive to my spouse's bids than I am myself. Because let's be real, most affairs generally happen because someone is outbidding you or someone is recognizing your your spouse's bids far better than you are. Okay. Would you agree? Yeah. That, 
that, yeah. that's how affairs start is, is, is it's a bidding process. Yeah. And, and so it's the whole concept. I, I like the idea of the show is one, be aware of the bids that are going on. And then two, how does that, how do even the smallest minute bid, how does that play into sex? Exactly. I definitely think that working toward a bid for sex is really a stepping stone. And if you haven't had the smaller stepping stones to get to that place where you have confidence approaching your partner, I would imagine that that's pretty shaky ground. Sure, it could be. And but it's also I, I want to look at it just from the relational terms that if you haven't had the bids that have been turned towards enough, do you have enough connection to even bring about the desire for each of you, for either one of you, not just confidence, but have you, have you put in the work? Cause that's the one thing I don't like the concept of chore play and, <laughs> and, and those kinds of things because it's, it's that, I've never heard it called that. Have you not? I've never heard it called chore play, but I do remember the email that we just got from a listener at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com where he said, he's really repulsed by the idea that he's begging for sexual favors in, in response to housework. Right. Like, do I really have to, to barter housework for sex? See, I don't, I don't like that whole idea, even though it plays a role in married life and sex, because you do life together. You're not talking about, you go to separate corners and then you just get together and you long for each other. You, you, all of that stuff plays into it. And so it's it's figuring out how do I make a bid that is a solid enough for the relationship so that way when sex is part of it and is interwoven into it, I've already put in the work, if you will. I've, but I'm not working for sex. I'm working for just living life worth being with. And sex is a component of that. And I was yeah. I was coaching yesterday a guy that's in my one of my mastermind groups and the husband mastermind group and he we were talking about that that it's so easy as husbands we can easily shift into this okay I'm trying to figure out how do I make her want to want to have sex more and and all of that because she's got her own hangups and struggles and turned offness by certain things and. And we can so easily compartmentalize, okay, well, now I'm in the mood for sex, so I'm going to start doing all these things to try to bring about sex. To me, if I'm going to be a good husband and I want Pam to be more engaged in sex with me, the the best way I have to get that to happen more likely is me be a great man. Right. Hands on. Completely. Well, this isn't, on, man. this isn't even just relational with her. This is just me be a good, trustworthy, honorable, character-driven, integrity-based guy. Solid. Right. So yeah. that way she knows I can let my guard down with him. I can trust him. I can trust be him. around him. He's, he makes me feel secure and safe. You know, those kinds of things. So that way when sex is part of the equation, I've already put in the work because I'm being a better me. But even if Pam wasn't part of my equation, I still would want to be a better me. Yeah, I I totally agree with everything that you're saying, especially the trust issue. I have said it over and over through the years. If you don't have trust, there's no way you can have genuine intimacy. Mm -hmm. Once you destroy trust in the marriage bed, you've destroyed intimacy. And it's going to take rebuilding trust before you can ever really rebuild intimacy. But Corey, I want to go back to the whole chore play thing for a second. Okay. Okay. yeah, for a woman to expect that she can, I mean, it's not just that men are guilty of trying to do chores in order to win 
a few sexual favors, you know, tossed his direction or whatever. I think that women are equally as guilty of using housework, of manipulating him into housework by treating sex as a reward for his cooperation. Right. Which I don't like that dynamic either. I mean, it just seems so manipulative. It seems so devoid of genuine respect mm-hmm. and, and trust mm-hmm. and reciprocity and mutuality. Um, it just seems more like an employer-employee relationship. Look, you come here and check in and you know do the job, and I'm going to send you home with a paycheck. <clears throat> yep. It just kind of reduces it to something that's, it just feels kind of rote. Yeah, but it's an aspect of marriage. But so, so let me give, let me present the flip side. Right. I'm not saying that housework and cooperation and and domestic man- management isn't important, but if you approach it with the attitude of I live here too and I want to know what do you, what can I do to help you? What what can I do to make our life together easier? And it's right. feel inspired to come alongside to help rather than required to help. That's a very different attitude. Sure. And a woman knows when her husband is doing these things begrudgingly. And therefore, even if she does offer sex as payment, she's going to do it begrudgingly. But when he does it enthusiastically because he loves to serve his family and loves to make her feel supported, she's going to love to to share her body with him just because she's grateful. And she appreciates him going out of his way to be a part of what's happening inside that household. Right. Okay, so let's. I want to get back to the bid stuff though, because I want help. I want couples and people are, that are listening to recognize these. To just, how do you put on a bid radar, if you will? You know, <laughs> how, how do you how do you start to recognize? Okay, hold on. That was actually a bid. Um, that was a. Uh, and uh, it was it was subtle. It was overt. It was you know whatever it could be. And then what else? What is that a bid for? Because sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what? What happens is a, a bid is made by somebody in your life, and it's 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 just at a bad time. But if you saw what was what was the intent of it, rather than what they're asking, you know, because I don't know. As of this recording this morning, uh, we're getting around in the kitchen, getting all you know, kids are getting lunches ready. I'm getting stuff ready to get out the door. Pam's getting her stuff. To, we're all trying to get out the door, and my daughter's standing. Two, three feet from the fridge. I'm standing a foot from the fridge. And she turns to me and says, Dad, can you get my strawberries for me and wash them? And part of me just recoiled at that. It's like, are you serious? You are two <laughs> feet from this place. Get it yourself. Get your stuff done. Do you know done. who I am and what more important I got things other I have things going. Yeah, I got other things I'm trying to get done to get out the door too. <laughs> and so uh, my, that was my reaction. But instead, it was it wasn't that I oh yeah let me do that for you. It was no babe, I need to get this done. But it was what was her intent? Well, her intent is I wanted support, I wanted affection, I wanted love. I want you know there's there's lots of I other want things. to know that dad cares it about could me. Be. You're right. So there's other things there. So if I know now and as I'm talking, I'm making a mental note because I'll see my daughter in a little while. That if that's what she was making a bid for this morning, how do I get that for her this afternoon? Because it's not like the bid went away because I didn't get the strawberries. She had to do it herself. Yeah. And, and part of it is I want her to learn, be self-sufficient, girl. You know, right. come on. Plan ahead, budget your time. Right. Yeah. Um, but the other is, okay, so how do I kind of make sure I honor 
some of the intent, even though it wasn't in the moment of the bid, because that's the kind of stuff, if we're talking about marriage and how the playing field of it is sometimes minefields and nitty-gritty and nuances, and sometimes it's mundane monotony. (laughs) So how do I maintain what is being bid for and be clear about what I'm bidding for in the midst of all of that, because that's how we keep the the fire going. That's how we keep a connection that right. we then build on in the bedroom and in other, other areas. Well, and what you're describing is basically don't get bogged down in the minutia of what they're asking you to do. Take a more aerial view, like literally helicopter up and over the horizon and recognize what they're actually trying to accomplish. Right. And I love that you, that you know, that you've been tossed out, you know, maybe later that afternoon, figure out how I can fulfill that need in her. Right. Because you're right. It doesn't have to be that exact thing in the moment, but how many people would even remember to come back around to, Oh, well, my spouse said this this morning. And even though I didn't have time to do that, I want to fulfill their need right. for connection with me through another means well, by I, doing something different that still speaks volumes. Right. I, I have to thank our, our listeners for that because the fact that we're doing this show allows me to do a lot of self-awareness stuff. <laughs> so, so the fact that people tune in helps challenge me. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> but it is still that whole idea. Cause I don't, I don't know what I think of. Cause a lot of times, you know, Gottman's work talks about whenever there's a bid for a connection, I have a couple different options. I can turn towards it. I can turn away from it or I can turn against it. That's kind of how okay. he's categorized everything. Say, say the three categories again. So I can either turn towards it, which is uh-huh. I accept it, I honor it, I, I connect with them, we have a conversation, whatever it could be that was being bid, I turn right. towards that and face it. I turn away from it, which is I avoid it, I ignore it, I act like I didn't hear it, or I just am so focused on other things, I blow right past it. Right. Or I turned against it which is how could you even want that? And now all of a sudden I'm not coming at what their bid is. I'm okay. shutting it down with something that is my reaction and my res- response to it rather than their bid. So the difference between turning away and turning against is turning away is passively ignoring right. it. Turning against it is aggressively challenging them. Right. Okay. Right. Now which, I got which it. Which changed the subject because what right. happens a lot of times, because think of this, Shannon, whenever – you're in a heated, this happens most probably with children. So whenever you are in a heated conversation or Matthew or Aaron, I, okay, wow. Yep. I just, I, I almost went blank for a second. Um, <laughs> you got them right. When, when, when they were in a bad mood and you ask mm-hmm. them a question that's very innocent and they react that, hey, I can't, you know, but, but, and, and you're like, you need to change your tone with me, right? So what's so funny to me is the way the nuances of communication plays out Okay, yeah, I can understand. I would really appreciate it if you would use a better tone. But that's also assuming you're not in a bad spot, that you actually have some self-awareness, and you're not caught up in your own spiral of whatever else is going on in your own emotions. So right. why couldn't I, at the same time, hear underneath that tone of what's really going on because of the relationship you would have with your children at that time? You would know, oh, Aaron's just slammed by all this other stuff. She's got a lot of pressure and thought about what she's going to do for school or job or whatever. And so I cannot hold that tone against her, and I could hear what was said underneath it. That's the same kind of thing we can do with bids. Yeah. And sometimes the bids that come towards us aren't in the best time or even appropriately phrased, but what's underneath it? And maybe I could change that in how I respond rather than I need you to be better in how you make a bid towards me. 
So what I want to know, Corey, help us understand why is this so much harder to do with our spouse than it is with our children or coworkers or friends? What is the diet? What is the relational dynamic that accounts for the difference between why this is such an easy pattern to fall into into marriage? And yet it seems as if others were oh so cordial. Well, like, part part of it might be because um, when we, when is you're it familiarity t- breeds contempt. It can be, but part of, I think part of it is um, the idea that I have trained my kids. I haven't necessarily trained my spouse, right? <laughs> so my kids are much smarter at learning how to get what they want and avoid what they don't. Our spouse is equally is on equal footing with this, but I think our kids pick it up faster just because they're kids and they, they kind of learn from the master, if you will. Well, and their family of origin is you. Right. Whereas your spouse's family of origin patterns and cultures right. and mannerisms and ways of relating it was not you. Right. So we're fighting multiple layers of things that are going on within a, with another adult because what they seek, what they want, how they handle things. And, and the other part of it could be Shannon that, I know enough about my spouse that I would expect better. <laughs> you know, I would expect different because more than likely I saw the other side of that or I saw a better side, re, more refining of that when we were dating and I didn't see the full picture. And so I was, I got a glimpse of, you know what? The front end of your business department is really good, but the back end customer <laughs> service department, I don't know, you know. <laughs> your PR firm is doing a great job. Exactly. They portrayed <laughs> something very good. In right. the service. <laughs> but your fulfillment department, I don't know. Um, but, it, but it's still, so it, it, we're talking about just the playing field that's a whole lot more sophisticated and deeper. And so I think it's real easy then. Wouldn't this be the same phenomenon of what is it that makes it so easy to be uh, mean to spouse and, and kind to strangers? You know, we can yeah. we can be in a bad mood, but our, we can put on a front for strangers and we treat them with more respect than we do our spouse. Right. It, for some reason, this is just stuck in my mind. This was over a decade ago, but it really, it made a deep impression in my brain about this particular person who will just remain absolutely nameless and anonymous. But um, it was a couple, been married a long time. They were entering into a church. She was pushing a kid in a stroller and he got engaged in a conversation with someone on his way through the door. And it, it, it created a scenario where he didn't hold the door wide open enough for her to get the stroller through without there being a little bit of banging around. Yeah. Understandable scenario when Mm -hmm. you get distracted like that, Mm -hmm. but she unleashed on him. She absolutely unleashed on him out loud in front of people. And I just thought, wow, if that had been a stranger or a different church member that just didn't realize that, Oh, I need to hold the door wide open. She would have, she would not ever have exploded at that person like that. Right. And so it's like, what happens in marriage that we feel the freedom to just bite off their heads and spit down their necks as if it's our prerogative to do so. Well, part of it is because we got the goods on them. We know more about it and we know there's more of how you've been treated that it's likely that wasn't just an, an innocent one time only kind of a thing. 
Right. My guess is there was had, had been some other things that happened right. that there's, morning. There's or other slidings week. throughout the course of their whole marriage. You know, it could have been as egregious as, you know, he showed up late to the birth of the child. <laughs> you know, and so... <laughs> So that's been held against him forever, you know, because all those little things, if you look at them for, for what they are, all right. But if you look at them through the, the course of the whole relationship, they add up. And that's where I go back to what I was talking about earlier on if I want to create better relational bids for sex in my marriage, I have to make sure the person offering those bids is as best as can be and as much character as can be and integrity as can be to help fulfill the likelihood that they'll be, they'll be met better, that they'll be heard, that they'll be seen because they're coming from something more solid. Right. Well, I want to spend a few minutes too, Corey, before we wrap up, let's talk about the positive impact that it could have on a relationship on intimacy and, and even on sex long-term when bids are recognized and acknowledged and, you know, and responded to. Yeah, let me, I, I want to add one little caveat, though, from Gottman, though, just because he okay. has another component that goes along with this called repair attempts that I don't know if the article talked about this. But when you're talking about bids for connection, there's also times when those connections go south. And so yeah. how do you repair that to try to maintain the connection? And so the other thing he found, along with the same kind of research that discovered the bids, was couples often will engage in repair attempts where one person will try to change the subject, will try to lighten the mood, will try to say, I'm sorry, will try to do something. Divert attention. And what mm-hmm. they're trying to do is take it off of the path that they both know it's going on and both don't want it to go, but trying to make it go back to, hold on, how do we stop this train and reconnect, even if we're mad? Because that's, again, we have to recognize we are more sophisticated people than we have to be all in a good mood to be able to have a real conversation. It's how do I keep myself in check and still stay connected to people? That's the difference. And so repair attempts happen a lot whenever there's a little bit of a tiff between people, even flat-out fights. There is There are repair attempts, which are also bids for, hey, I don't want to go down this path. For reconnection, right. for peace. or Yeah, right. or for just stopping it so we can come back later and deal with it better. But... It's just so that's something that's worth noting because if I'm looking for relationship bids as I go throughout my day, I also need to look for repair attempts and how do I send them when things are too close or too uncomfortable or whatever and I feel like it's spiraling. Right. Okay. Right. So let's say that you are trying to be responsive to your spouse's bid attempts, that you're trying to repair the times when you weren't as responsive as you realized you could have been. Talk to me about what kind of relational dynamic gets created when two people are keenly aware of when bids are being offered and how they can respond and reciprocate? Well, I think if nothing else, you just start to demonstrate that your partner is important to you, that you care about them, that, that you, you value that their, you see their feelings them. in the relationship. Right. And again, this isn't about, in my, in my opinion, this isn't about, I need to honor every single one of my wife's bids. Because it's not, because some of that's in impracticality. You know, she'll be right. like, you know, like last night, I'm sitting around watching baseball and, um, or football. I don't even remember what it was. But it's, and uh, my wife walks in and she says, Hey, Dr. Allen, which I'm like, uh oh, that could go a couple <laughs> different ways. Um, can you come Is that here? the equivalent of your mother using nah, your first well, name? That, some, sometimes <laughs> maybe, but sometimes it's also just kind of she's in a mood. So I don't know. Um, but there was a lizard in Sydney's room 
you know, it's a f- inch long, but it's like, we need, we need you to come take care of that. You know, so yeah, that's a bid. Here. That's a bid. That's like, all right, I can, I can honor that. But then there's other times, you know, it's like, there's a bid being made and it's like, I'm sorry, I'm in a situation. I can't, I know that's what you're asking for, but I'm, I, I'm not, I don't have the time to do this or whatever. Not available. Let, let's meet again later. Because again, that's still, while it's not honoring the bid in the moment, it's honoring the overall bid, right? if you will. Well, it reminds me of Brene Brown stuff about boundaries of when you have boundaries, you may not appear as sweet, but you appear far more loving right. because you, if you can say no, then that means that your yeses are far more wholehearted. Right. But if, if you feel as if you have to say yes all the time, all the time, all the time, people start to take advantage of you and you start to feel taken advantage of, and that's never a good relational dynamic. So yeah, say no when you have to say yes, when you can, but most importantly, recognize your spouse's bids and, and take the aerial view of what are they really asking me for and make sure that you bring those goods to the table at some point in the near future so that they feel heard, seen, accepted, cherished, valued. Mm -hmm. And the the other thing I would add, because this is, this has been my journey is be aware of when do you send your bids? What's going on with you on when you send bids? Because one of the things I recognize looking back at the beginnings of my marriage is I hung around and I I made the relationship bids when I was interested in sex. And then when I wasn't... And she knew it, I'll bet. She picked up on that. She's a very brilliant, smart lady. So yeah, she picks up on those things. And so it's one of those, okay, I need to recognize if, if this is a woman I say is important in my life, how am I showing that, whether it's tied to sex or not, whether it's tied to just being together or not, how do I demonstrate I see her, I cherish her, I care about her, so it's not tied to directly something? And then if it is tied directly to something, I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I'm, I'm aware of that, and it's, and it's more overt you and, can own it. Right. And so it's just, it's, it's one is recognizing like you're talking about the bids that our partners are making, that it's, it's always good to try. How do I slow myself down and, and try to be aware of what are bids being made around me? But the other is, how am I making my bids? What's going on? What are my circumstances? Is it coming out of fullness or emptiness? And, coming, and what signals am I sending that I want connection with right, my spouse, not right. just responding to their desire for connection? Right. And is the bid even something they can satisfy? That's another kind of deeper part that I could be wanting somebody to help me feel okay about me when nobody could ever do that in long term. <laughs> Filling your grand canyon of emotional needs. Right. So it's just recognizing that bids are all around us. And I think it's I think it's good to know that how am I sending them? How am I aware of them? And then what do I do with them? Good stuff. That is good. I really love, good stuff. I love Gottman's I appreciate work. Gottman stuff. Yeah, I love yeah. Gottman's work. Um, if you're not familiar with who he is, John Gottman, uh, I believe Gottman.com would be his main site, but he's been a marriage researcher for 40-plus years, so he's got tons and tons of data that's worth exploring. So, well, our bid for a relationship is over with you at this point for this show. So thank <laughs> Until you next spin- week. Yeah, thank you for spinning it with us. We'll see you next time. We love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. 
Learn more at sexymarriageradio.com by clicking on the purple button.